0: Second. Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory I know this life meant for me Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got Bet David Valuetainment, giving values contagious This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters out they run, homie, look what I become I'm the I'm, the one. I'm Patrick Bedevi, the host of Tim, and in today's video, we're going to talk about 11 different ways to get a green card in U.S. and how I went from Iran to seeking asylum in Germany, to living in a refugee camp, to coming to U.S. with a green card, to eventually becoming a U.S. citizen, June of 1999. We're going to talk about that in today's podcast. So before we get into the episode, let's first define what immigration means. It means the action of Coming to live permanently in a foreign country. I am not from US. I'm from Iran. I want to come to US to be an immigrant here. That is the form of immigration because I want to live here permanently. Now, what are the similarities between a company that attracts talent Versus a country that attracts talent, because immigration is a way to attract the right kind of talent that comes to your country that can help your country get better. You don't just want to attract anybody, you want to attract the best kind of talent. And at the same time, a company wants to attract the right kind of talent to grow within the company. Right? Now you're going to see what the similarities they have. Let's take a look at this. A company and a country. When they attract people, they want people of good values. Yes, Yes? They want good talent. Both do. They want skill sets. They want somebody that's willing to work hard. If you come to my company, I want you to work hard. If you come to my country, I want you to work hard. You're willing to learn the culture, and what I mean by that is if you're working for a company, find out how we got started. What is it about? What's our language? What are some ways that we do business? Or if you're living in our country, what's our culture? What did our founding fathers do? What was it all about? right? Next is get educated. We want educated people to come over here. We want people that are bringing value over here. Companies want to recruit people that are educated, countries want to recruit people that are educated, and both a company and a country wants to do a background check to make sure who they're getting is not somebody that has criminal history. And if they do, maybe they can consider it and make an exception, but at least we want to do some kind of a background check, right? that's, That's what happens when countries and companies want to attract talent. Now, let's flip the table. You are an immigrant. I am an employee. You and I are immigrant or employee, right? We want to know what company to work for, and we want to know what country to take our family to live at. What do you and I look for? Watch how similar this is, employee, individual. Company, country, get the idea? We want security. You want to work for a company that you know the company is going to be around, right? I don't mind working for a startup, but I kind of hope that the you know, guy at the top has some money saved and he's got some stuff going on that's making the right decision. But I want some kind of a security. And if I'm living in a country, I want some kind of a security. I want a decent military. I want some borders where I'm not going to worry about being attacked. Believe me, I lived in Iran and every time the enemy in Iraq would attack us and they would cross the borders. We had alarms. We were frightened because we were about to get bombed on. So we want security as an immigrant who lived in another place. The other thing an employee wants, an opportunity. Look, I'd like to be able to move up in a company, right? I'd like to be able to go do something for myself as an individual in a country. I want to be able to have some kind of an opportunity to build my own business, maybe make more money, opportunity to advance, opportunity to educate myself, opportunity to get bigger and better. I want that opportunity for the country to provide. Next is benefits. I want to work for a company that gives benefits. What kind of benefits you want? I don't know, 401k, health benefits, retirement, maybe stock options. I want some kind of benefits. If I go live in a country, I would like some kind of benefits. What would those benefits be? Maybe a public education program, maybe some kind of a healthcare program, but I'm looking for some sort of a benefit that this country offers. Employee, you want freedom. I want some kind of freedom. I want to be able to have the freedom of leaving your company if I don't want to be with you long term. If I want to go to a different place. If I live in a country, I want to be able to go to a different place. If I seek freedom, I I don't want to be here anymore. This isn't a good opportunity for me. I want to go somewhere else. No problem, you got the freedom. Choice to do what I want to do in my life. I want to be a Republican. I want to be a Democrat. I want to be this. I want to be that. No problem. The choice. I want to be in sales. I want to be an employee. I want to be an executive. I have the choice to position myself. And last point is a community. When I work for a company, I want to be part of a community. I want to make some friends. I want to have some associates I'm working with. Or if I'm living in a country, you know, I want to have the opportunity to be part of a community. Maybe people I like. Maybe people I relate to. Because there's some kind of a community there. Now, having said that. this. Is the perspective of two different people, company, country, on how they want to attract the best type of people, then employee or individual that want to go to the best company or want to go to the best country, right? This is how they attract each other. Now having said this, let's continue with this metaphor to give you perspective. Company, country. In a company, we hire people all the time. And we hire temps. Now a temp could be a consultant, a temp could be a contractor, a temp could be an hourly person. You're working, you know, 20 hours a, a, a per week or you're making 10 bucks an hour or 15 bucks an hour. The same principle of temp in a company is a visa in a country because visa is temporary. So you're coming here as if it's a visitor's batch to a country, right? Does that make sense? It's a visitor's badge to a country. Now the other one under company is salary. So you're working temporary, you're a consultant, you're a contractor. They say, you know what, we want to keep you and we'll give you a salary. You become a permanent employee with them because now you're getting a salary. There's more benefits. The salary comparison is to a green card within a country because green card, now you have a key card. To the country, now you are a permanent employee, right? And we'll talk about what things you can do to lose your green card, but you're now somewhat of a permanent employee. And last but not least in a company is maybe you move up, maybe you become a C-suite, maybe you become on the board, you become an equity shareholder. You own a piece of the company, right? The same reference to a country is when you become a citizen. You are now a citizen of that country, which means now you have the right to vote and say certain things that you like, and I don't know about this thing with the company. I don't know about that part, because shareholders can do that, and same thing, you can do that. So you kind of get in the flow on how this is going. I'm trying to give you this perspective of immigration. Let me continue now. The difference between a green card and US citizen, because a lot of times people are confused. Pat, what's a green card? Uh, What's the difference between benefits of a U.S. citizen? I don't really get it. Let's talk about it. Number one, a green card is exit plus re-enter without the need for a visa. You can go and come out. You don't need another visa every time to get it. A citizen is eligible to have a U.S. passport, but a green card is not. If you have a green card, you can get a U.S. passport. Number two, green card abandoned if out of the country for more than 180 days. If you're out of the country for 180 days, your green card's abandoned. On the other side, you can leave U.S. for as long as you want, it doesn't matter, you're a U.S. citizen. Green card, not eligible to work for federal positions, U.S. citizen, you are. Green card, not eligible to run for office, U.S. citizen, you are, except to be a president. Green card, not eligible to vote in U.S. elections, U.S. citizen, you can. Green card eligible for deportation if certain crime is committed. Very important to see that, because on U.S. citizen, you cannot be deported. You're protected for it, right? And last but not least on this end, you cannot petition for family members to come to the state. While as a US citizen, you can petition for siblings, parents, and fiance to get a visa. So now you kind of get the idea on the difference between a green card and a US citizenship, right? Now having said that, 11 ways to get a green card in US. Here's 11 ways. Number one is family. You're a relative of a US citizen to be able to apply. Number two is you're a relative of a green card holder. The green card holder is not trying to sponsor you, but you can say, I am related to this green card holder in US, her name is this, his name is this, that's the second way. Second part is employment, and they have different ways of doing it. The first one is called the first performance employment. This is somebody who's got extraordinary ability, you're in the .01 percentile, you're a Nobel Prize winner. We want you here because you just got some things that are very unique to the world, right? Four is employment second preference, which is professional with advanced degree. You got an MBA, you got a PhD, we want you here. Number five is exceptional ability in science, art, and business. That'll benefit the economy. Number six, you have a bachelor's degree, or comparable to it in your country. Number seven is registered nurses and physical therapists. So, so far we've covered two of them, which is family and employment. The next one is, you know, what many say, lottery. And what this is really all about, it happens once a year, it's in the month of October, typically, and it's ran once a year to increase diversity and non-representing. So, Mexico doesn't apply, India doesn't apply, and Canada doesn't apply, because that's not diversity. We already have plenty from those nations. This is to attract people from nations that we don't have. By the way, to put it in perspective with what the data looks like, 23 million people applied last year. You know how many got it? 55,000 got a green card. I mean, it's pure luck-based. You see videos where people sitting there going in October to see the date and it says, not yet. Decline, decline and it's heartbreaking and some that get its big celebration. Next is investors. You're an entrepreneur, foreign entrepreneur. You have money. You bring $500,000 to the country and you go to a specific place that America wants you to go to. Not New York, not LA, not Miami, not Chicago. You go to Montana, you go to Arkansas, you go to Oklahoma, certain places, and you put half a million there and you create five full-time jobs. That's one of the ways to get your green card or Bring a million dollars to any city in America, LA, New York, doesn't matter where you go, and you create 10 full-time jobs as an entrepreneur, you also get a green card. And last but not least is the special immigrant, which is a religious worker, or foreign medical graduate, or permanent resident who left US for 12 plus months and you want to come back. So so those are 11 different ways to get your green card in the US. Now one of the topics you keep hearing about is asylum. Asylum is how I left Iran and went to Germany, and Germany accepted me. Because asylum, the meaning of asylum is the protection granted by a nation to some Someone who left their country as a political refugee. I left as a political refugee. You hear that phrase all the time. Now as you're applying for this country to accept you as asylum, you have to have one of these five reasons that you're exper- experiencing in your country. Form of discrimination against your race, religion, nationality, maybe you have a membership of a particular social group, or last but not least, your political opinion. So if I would have stayed in Iran longer because of my you know, spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs or us being Armenian, whatever was that that my family didn't feel safe, we left and we came to Germany. Does that kind of make sense? So now, you look at all this stuff and you say, well Pat, what is really the issue that we're facing in America? Well this whole talk about amnesty is taking place. We currently have 45 million immigrants that are living in the US, which by the way, just so you know, out of that 45 million, 10.6 million of the immigrants live in California. You got another four and a half million that live in Texas and in New York. If you add that up, that is 45% of all the immigrants in the U.S. live in three different states. We got 50 states, 45% live in three different states, right? So when you look at this and you start thinking about the whole immigration, it is not that easy to just say, here's what we need to do. This is what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I always like to look at it from everybody's perspective. Let me give it to you from the perspective of those from Mexico or El Salvador that are trying to come to America, okay? So imagine you're living in Mexico, you're living in a place where there's issues. Cartel, Mexico, the country's not doing the right thing for their people. The cartels bought the governments, government people are afraid of the cartel, the cartel have a lot of different power. Imagine you're living in a community. Your next door neighbor is your friend. You guys eat together, you guys go to dinner together. You're married, you got three kids, two daughters, and you got a wife, right? The next door neighbor's daughter gets taken advantage of. She's 16 years old. Your daughter's also 16 years old. They know each other. They're friends. He's heartbroken. The local cartel took advantage of the daughter. They came in, they brought guns, they did whatever they wanted to do the daughter. Father couldn't do anything about it because it would have killed him, his wife, and everybody else. Look how difficult that is. He can't pick up the phone and call the cops because the cartel's already paid off the cops. So now try going to sleep that night. Every moment you're looking at that door. You're looking at the door. You're looking at the door. Your wife is asleep. Your kids are asleep. You have your gun. If somebody comes in, if you shoot them, another guy comes in. Then they're not only going to shoot you, they're going to shoot everybody in your family. You call the What are you going to do? How long can you sleep like that? What can you do? You either have to join them and win them over and have them as protection, or you have to get into politics, or you have to escape or constantly move your family. And you don't have a lot of resources to do it. So I don't blame. A father who is sitting there thinking about these thoughts, being forced to think about these thoughts on what he needs to do to protect his daughters and his wife and his kid. So if he says, listen, we either got to go live in a completely different country or we got to do something. Guess what's the best thing? Let's just go to America. Pack. Let's go. We're leaving. And you go and you risk everything. You have to go into a new country with a little bit of money, language you don't speak, and you go there and then you get caught. So I don't blame the father or the parent who cross these thoughts goes through his mind. Now at the same time, I don't blame a country like America saying listen, we understand, we're sorry you're going through this, but a million people seeked asylum the last six years. Only 12% of them actually qualified to be asylum. Last year we gave 26,000 of them in 2018 asylum. It's the highest we've had in a long time. But we can't also help everybody. And, and we need to put a wall on between Mexico and U.S., why? Because they're trying to come from south to U.S. We don't need to put a wall on Canada. Why? Because Canada, as a country, is taking care of their individuals. And so these individuals are saying, I don't need to leave the country. I'm happy where I'm at in Canada. Just like when you meet somebody that's worked for a company for 32 years, and they don't leave the company. Why? Because that company takes care of that employee. Why would he go anywhere else? They're being taken care of. But in Mexico, the country isn't taking care of the individual, and they're losing people, and they want to go to the country U.S., which has the most immigrants, 45 million, because U.S., offers the best benefits to the individual. Do you see how that works out? Very basic, right? Now let's go to the complete opposite side. And you're looking at this and saying, okay, Pat, but we got 45 million people living in America. Okay? A lot of illegals. 11 million, give or take. I don't know the exact number, but we'd say 10 or 12 million we got living in the US. What do we do with them? Do we, why can't we give amnesty to all of them? Okay. See, I understand that the 42-year-old person that's living here, whose parents came and crossed the border. While she was 14 years old, it's not her fault that they did this. She's already American. She pays. She's in the system. How, she can't go. She doesn't know what it is to live in Mexico. She wants to be here. You want to send her back and deport her? That doesn't make any sense. Look, I totally understand the father that's trying to leave Mexico to come to U.S. I get it. I fully understand the pain. But you still broke the law of trying to enter a country where the country's responsibility is to provide security to its citizens that are already living there. So I understand the country's frustration as well of you breaking the law. So there's got to be a system, and here's what I mean by system, okay? I joined the Army. Then they sped up my process to be a U.S. citizen. I got out of the Army one month early to go swear and become a U.S. citizen. That was my story on how I got out of the Army. In June of '99, I became a U.S. citizen. I'll never forget that. If the person wants amnesty, you got to earn it. And it's got to be a system on how you earn it. Military, education, job, credibility, consistency with the company, with the credit, something has to be shown for you to gain it. And that exchange for the amnesty of you getting a green card and eventually becoming a citizen is having to be abided by the individual who wants to live in this country because you came to this country. That country didn't come and get you. So when you come to a place that you want to live, you have to abide by their laws.